All around the world, there are amazing a cappella concerts going on all the time. You can't be to all of them, but that's what we're here for. And so, I'm the other catch guy, John Friday Lampus. Night Live John, every Friday at 9 p.m. East, you know, 6 p.m. West, where we bring you live today, concerts from all well, around the world. More than anything, you can I'm just be there in spirit, the even if you couldn't make it in person. You can catch them again on Rebroadcast Sunday at 11.15 a.m. East, 8.15 a.m. West, and 12 hours later, be there. <laughs> what was the last game you played? Recently, oh yeah, so. I don't even watch. I don't watch the show. I'm just talking about the games. What was the last Pokemon game you played? If you ever played, <laughs> the last one I played was I, I believe Silver. I think. All right, we have some work to do, but we'll get you there. We can get you rehabilitated. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got a little bit of time, but yeah, other than that, things going well over here. So good because you just moved. I did. I just moved literally last night, and it's probably one of the things I loathe the most about being an adult is having to move your own stuff. I'm like, it doesn't get any easier, and it, it's not fun ever. Yeah, having had to move most of my stuff from Oregon to Colorado and Colorado back to Oregon for Oof. grad school, that like worst part of that whole experience is just like up. Oh, packing things up and unpacking them so i bet you but at least yours isn't too far because you just moved pretty close to where you were before right oh yeah just right down the street and uh, we had a ton of friends come over and help out uh if we did we'd still be moving right now so i'm good other than that you know so brian who are we talking to today what are we doing so we have a returning guest to the show. Uh, we have a friend of the show who I've sung with before, and now he's on to bigger and better pastors right now, singing out in California as well as other parts of the world. We have none other than Mr. Aaron Schumacher. Aaron, uh, how's it going? The crowd goes wild. Oh my God, it's Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get there's like an app that makes that sound and I really want to get that like anytime we have a guest just like genius I I really want to make that sound effect when it's like someone who hasn't been on the show before Aaron do you have the app do you have it no I don't have the app but a buddy of mine a guy that sings in impact as well he has it mapped to his like side button on his phone you can do that at any point yeah at any point he just he'll just grab his phone and be like and just throw the sound in I really want to do that, but like in one of our next episodes where it's like someone we haven't had on before who's just like this new person mm-hmm. coming in, like, oh, you know, I'm excited to be on time. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> really throw him for just a loop. Just startle them. Yeah, just like, all right, maybe this maybe this wasn't worth it. Aaron, how you doing, man? Man, I am doing good. It's been a good day. Been working outside. This is a non-singing day, so I get to like preoccupy my time and trying to be, what? you know. Those days exist? <laughs> Right? They do, now and then. <laughs> now, Aaron, before air, before the show, you said you were outside tooling. And please walk oh, me was. through yes. for a second. I was like, I wanted to like text Brian, like, what What did Aaron just say? Because I don't know what he meant by that. Like, <laughs> cool. What does that mean? So I'm going to hit you with the quick and dirty of okay. what okay. I'm working on. You ready? All right. As so, ready as I'll be, which isn't Me that and ready. my girlfriend just bought a Sprinter van, which is one of like those. That's a car. Yeah, it's cool. a car, it's a van, it's it's a long passenger van, but it's got high ceilings. Oh, yeah. So it's tall enough that I can stand up in there. And I'm like 5'10", but I can stand up and still have a couple inches of clearance. It's just over six foot tall. 
inside when you're standing. Me and her had been watching a bunch of YouTube videos and seeing that uh, some people were converting these vans to basically be campers, to basically be small houses. Ooh. Glamping? Are we talking about glamping here? Oh, heck yeah. We're talking wait. about something like that. What? Wait, glamping? So they, oh, he's saying glamorous <laughs> camping. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of terminology being thrown around in this episode that I've frankly never heard before. And you could guys could just be pulling this on me. You'd be like, hey, let's just make up a bunch of words on the episode. Mess with John. Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. So what we're doing is we're adding, we've got a, a rack of solar panels on the top of the van. We've got mm. a whole battery and inverter system. We've got, so the whole electric system and also setting up some plumbing inside. We're going to have a shower in wow. the van, a queen size bed. And uh, are you trying and- to tell us you're living in your car, Aaron? Is to see you actually like oh, gonna end actually- with? So, guys, <laughs> I need some money. I need you to help me out. I know Tacapella <laughs> brings in the big bucks. If you can, uh, if everybody would just be so kind as to go to my GoFundMe for my living expenses. That would uh, here is my Venmo. motives here. <laughs> no, no, we have an actual house, but we kind of want to get out of LA for a couple months. So early next year, mm-hmm. we're planning on just taking a road trip. So this van is our setup for this is us your millennium like, falcon a lot of us totally and we both kind of work online a fair bit so it'll be fine for us to like be mobile capable yeah. and drive around a bit so that being said i'm also doing some one of the things i do is i spend a lot of time in the acapella world and in the singing world professional singer mm-hmm. los angeles mm-hmm. but also i have a small business selling humidifiers for singers oh yeah oh. we're going to get to that we're definitely going to talk that. about that today yeah well Long story short, I'm doing some conferences next year, early next year, conferences all over the country with this company, with my company. And the van is going to kind of be our Millennium Falcon jumping between these different conferences early next year. Man, your life just sounds so much cooler than anything I'm doing right now. (laughs) I must say, I got side projects going on, but none of them are as cool as what you just described. Brian, you want to get a, do you want to get one of these sprinter (laughs) van thingies and go glamping? Going to show up? Hey, that might not be a bad idea. I'm like, Laura actually loves that idea. Idea. She's always been the fan of glamping, so you know what? It wouldn't be too hard of a sell from this end. Before episode uh, 100 with Deke, I'm just like, man, we're doing this in person. Let, let's go and then just show up by your. I hey, mean, we're I've making been California happen next week. <laughs> and so have... this this is actually like a perfect segue. I'm glad that you brought up glamping and traveling and things like that because uh, for our previous listeners who uh, tuned into the show that we had Aaron on, you know, we discussed this time with Impact, which is a really cool vocal mm-hmm. jazz group. They do a lot of tour- touring and, you know, you do performing and hosting music conventions and things like that. And just to kind of tie all of this in, the things you're talking about with traveling and, you know, the, the comfort mm-hmm. of your, you know, your house on wheels. <laughs> How have you like completely adjust have you completely adjusted at all to you know life on the road you know when it comes with performing traveling consistently with impact and can you maybe even shed a little bit of light on if there's any truth to the glamour of a traveling musician you know what's life been like that with regarding those things so i feel i feel fairly comfortable traveling i think sometimes i'm a a blend of plane travel and we'll fly somewhere and then rent a van and then do like five dates or something and then fly Mm -hmm. home so the van time honestly like is less comfortable to me than the plane time i'm pretty mm-hmm. comfortable on plane and i happen to live like 15 minutes from the airport so it's, it's not it's oh, not a crazy God. thing to fly fairly frequently mm-hmm. and i'll probably between impact and other things i'll probably have done like 80 one-way flights this year May, maybe like 60 to 80 wow, something wow. like that so like i'm pretty fine just kind of chilling on the plane and i have like my flow worked out so i've got like the pre-check situation which is important if for anybody that's traveling a bunch pre-check for 80 dollars 
or global entry or another past the security line. Are other pre-check people snooty? Mm -hmm. Because that's what I always imagine. I think I just tell myself (laughs) that they're snooty and think they're better than me because I've never shelled out the money to do it, though I really want to. So are they like kind of, do they look down upon other people who aren't pre-checked? Definitely not. I will tell you, (laughs) you were right. (laughs) I definitely get snooty vibes from like business class travelers, you know, people that pay first class and they board early and then they sit there and enjoy their fine beverage as all the plebeians walk past slowly and single (laughs) file. Nice use of plebeians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as like pre-check, I think, I think the only thing is that if you're flying often, it's $80, it lasts for several years. So basically I feel perfectly comfortable getting to the airport 45 minutes before my flight. Wow. Like, because it's not going to take me more than 15 minutes to get through the check line and well i'd say like 45 minutes to an hour before if i show up i plan on being there an hour before my flight and then if i'm a little late it's okay because it's not going to take me more than 10 minutes to get through security at most and then i grab a coffee and i get on the plane because the plane boards half hour before before the flight takes off so that's that's fairly easy i think what helped me out the most is taking some attention towards preparing my travel pack so like we're really if someone's going to tune into this and be like is this about acapella (laughs) Like they're talking about like all these, like what are they talking about? We'll get, this This all connects listeners, don't worry. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, to anybody, whether it's acapella or whether it's just a musician or singer, yeah. anybody who's spending time outside of their home or like trying to do several, you know, several shows in a row, it's easy to get caught off guard, like needing things, needing like little things that are at home. And it's mainly yeah. chargers and cables and aux cables and extra sets of headphones or an extra pair of in-ear monitors, pencils and pens and your toiletries and oh I need a pad of writing paper and and for me like if I have to take a red eye flight it's super tough I want to make sure I'm getting sleep you know it's tough to sing on little sleep so I travel with a full face mask like eyes covered wow one of those oh yeah I'll put that on and just like deck out like just lay back as soon as I get on the plane I don't worry about nothing don't worry if if anybody's giving me looks it's like this is my comfort zone I'm just gonna I'm gonna be here (laughs) I'm gonna get my relaxation in while I can in this dedicated four hours and I'm going to be sitting here, you know. That's just really interesting because I, I, Brian, I think that's such a good question because I feel like, I mean, I've never, I'm, I'm not a traveling musician. I've never really done that besides like, you know, choir tours and in college. And that's, you know, for like four or five days once a year. But the notion of like, not only the physical space that you have to navigate to be a traveling musician and the all the transitions you have to go through, but just like the mental headspace of going from not just like going from home to perform and back, but going from your home to somewhere new, somewhere like, you know, quote unquote, your your situation is, is quote unquote unstable. You know, you're not going back home every night and putting yourself in a vulnerable position, going out and singing, and then just getting back into this constant state of transition. Aaron, what's that like? just kind of mentally and emotionally, because again, I know so little about it. And I think it's something that mm. we like, we just don't think about. It's not something you think about in like general, like besides like, oh, you got any good tour stories, which Brian and I have heard quite a few of, and, and they're always great. What's that like navigating that uh, mentally and emotionally from going from transitioning to traveling to performing and back? I think for a lot of people, maybe, or maybe not even for a lot of people, but there's a transition time period when you start doing that. Mm -hmm. Because the energy of being on stage feels one way and the energy of being relaxing at home feels another way and the energy of traveling like everything kind of has its own vibe. And when you start jumping from one to the next, that kind of smooths out. So I kind of I feel pretty close to the same traveling as I do. Like I feel pretty close to the same at home versus on the plane versus at the hotel versus on stage. 
Hmm. The energy of being on stage is not such a spike in my emotional contour mm-hmm. that it feels like a wild ride. And yeah. the, the biggest thing for me has been trying to figure out how to get other things done while you are preoccupied traveling, pre- preoccupied traveling or doing shows. Like a, it's not unusual to, if you wake up early, take a 7 a.m. flight, you get somewhere, there's a time change, you get there at noon or you get there at one, you drive a couple hours to get to the gig. And then there's a sound check that may be two or three hours just to make sure everything's solid with the sound. And then you have a dinner break and then you do the show and then you drive to the hotel and you sleep and then you wake up and you go to the next thing. And all that seems very back to back. It seems very compressed. Yeah, everything is very compressed. So there's not a lot of hang time or not a lot of time to do other things. So a struggle is for people that are doing that kind of hustle. If you just did only that for six months, your life six months from now would not look very different. So if you want mm-hmm. if you want to make changes to your life, you have to find out how to squeeze them into these little time periods or whenever you have 10 minutes, jump back to a goal. If you're trying to get a certification in some way, if you're trying to get some schooling done, if you're trying to start a business or if you're trying to have a relationship, those things you have to be able to jump back and forth yeah. pretty quickly on because they're only happening in small chunks. You, you find yourself in trouble because you wasted a ton of time. Yeah, th- this is like a really interesting notion. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, kudos to you for kind of open up my mind. I've yep. really thought about this way because we talk a lot as performers. We talk a lot about, you know, this rush of energy you get from when you're on the stage. And to some people, seasoned vets, you know, we discuss, you know, they, they just feel so at home when they're on stage. And we're talking about all these different kind of balancing of energies, whether you're at home or whether you're traveling and you just kind of lay it out on, you know, what, hey, I can get the same rest and comfort that I get at home. That can be transferred to on stage. That can be in the transitional process going from one to another. And I never really looked at it that way yeah. before, that it's all can kind of be balanced and all be kind of connected, you know, just kind of depending on, you know, the longevity of it, depending on you know what your particular comfort zone is of it i think this is a really cool topic that we're kind of bringing up right now because because me and aaron performed together a lot in college and we had some some small road trip gigs and you know there was a little bit of brush there but it was only because you know we go perform at another school uh, you know we spend maybe three four hours one way three four hours on another way and we come back and then we have all this displaced energy afterwards yeah then, that's know, a good term for it, it again. displaced energy yeah we might not have that same feel again until the next show but as someone like aaron who's doing it consistently you find a way to balance it out and you know, make peace with it. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, and again, I don't travel much, but I'm someone who like, I have to get in a certain headspace to go navigate. It's like more emotionally exhausting for me to navigate these different phases of packing, getting in the car, getting on a plane, like that stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily stressful, but it is just because I haven't done it as much as weird as it sounds. It's almost like, you know, like working out. It's just, you're not used Mm -hmm. to it. You're kind of getting in the emotional space of like, okay, I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm going here. But when I was going back and forth between Oregon and Colorado for grad school that I got pretty used to it. Now it's been a while doing that traveling would be totally different. And that's not at not as a performer and imagining the headspace that different people from different backgrounds and with different experiences have to mentally and emotionally navigate to just kind of be in this stable space to be vulnerable and perform and kind of how they get to that process where it's like, yeah, I'm, this is just what I do. I, for me, like I can't get work done on like a train or a plane cause I'm too excited cause it's so different. But for you, Aaron, like that's, 
you know, that's normal. And I think it's kind of cool to see how people in groups adjust to this this yeah. different lifestyle. I mean, I thought, Aaron, that was a perfect way to start ta- talking about, you know, the camping and everything at the beginning because that's a lifestyle change. And I wonder how other people have, have navigated because just how, how you did it, Brian and Aaron mm-hmm. and me. And I wonder like kind of what other people's experiences are in kind of making your life a lot less I want to say less regimented, but a lot less typical in terms of the spaces you occupy and how you navigate those spaces. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure different people handle life changes or different flows of how you're going from one thing to the other. I'm sure there's different ways of handling that. But I know that the one thing that is very consistent among people that tend to jump from thing to thing to thing is just like intense levels of organization. So. Yeah. Mm, so that's not the, that. So what you're describing, like, all right, I'm gonna, I gotta pack, I gotta go to the airport, I gotta get on this, I gotta do this, and there's, there's all of this heightened energy leading up to an mm-hmm. experience, partially because it's new, but also partially because it may feel like you're figuring it out for the first time. Yeah, one hundred percent. If the elements of like already having figured it out are already present, if there's somebody on your team that's doing a lot of the organization work, if there's itineraries for everything, if you know where the bus stop is and you know where the airport is and you know yeah. how that uber works in that city and you know you know that the hotel the rooms are under this person's name or that person's name you know all mm-hmm. of those and having all that information beforehand lets you function in a freer space because you don't have to spend every waking moment antagonizing about like how do i function so yeah for impact everything is we're google calendar every event you know every day everything that we're doing there's an itinerary everything has dates times and i'm the same way in my personal life my google calendar is if it's not in the calendar it doesn't count it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not real life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really cool because we actually, a few weeks ago, or might have been a month or so ago, we had another group on, a group out of Austin called the yeah. Austin Nets, and they were a hobby group. And they're, they mentioned the organization that they bring to their group, the, the same things that you're mentioning. They do everything through Google, and they had these little flow charts, and it was really cool because it was the first time I ever heard of it. But now we're kind of getting some reinforcement from you. It's a science almost. Yeah. And, and like maybe this is all part of that uh, that process of success at the end of the day, just to kind of have some kind of structure to it. I'm like, I've, I've heard of other groups and I'm speaking specifically just in terms of music. Um, I've heard of groups, you know, they don't they don't do sheet music. You know, they do everything by air. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, they have a history of creating good music. And so there's still some organization there, but it's kind of more free form. And so it's really interesting that you're, we're bringing all these concepts of organization and how we can apply it to music and at the same time balancing all out with energy and, you know, flow and things like that. That's really cool. And um, in terms of impact, how does everything flow for you guys? Because you said you guys do the the Google calendars and things like that. Is there one person particularly that's more organized and over all that versus the other? Or, you know, where do you fit in with all that? So the main organizer in the group is Jeff Smith, and he's been in the group the longest out of anybody that's in it right now. So he's been doing the group for 15 years, and he's kind of like our, our head guy. So he um, is the main contact for the booking agencies we work with. He's the main mm-hmm. contact with clients. And then uh, he also helps prepare the schedules and the travel itineraries. So occasionally we'll help out in that process. So, but a lot of that from the travel standpoint come, you know, falls on his shoulders. That's or like that's the role that he enjoys doing. On the other hand, it's not just that our travel is organized. It's also that all of our materials and things we're doing, anything we're trying to do, is all file based. Everything's online. Everything's in a Google Drive folder where things are organized by project. They're organized by date. 
Oh, hello there. Oh, my love. My girlfriend just brought me a beer. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Amanda, leave that that's in. Awesome. That's That's love. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever... There's been episodes where we've That's had dogs first. in the background. We've definitely had a, we've had a couple of dogs. We've had a couple of babies, but just like seeing <laughs> mm-hmm. a beer being handed on screen to the guest, just out of nowhere. Well, and that that brings up a good point because da 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 da. I'm gonna tie it in. There are, as singers, we want to be expressive. We want to be artists, and there are anxious artists, and there are relaxed artists. And sometimes mm. anxious artists make cool things, but they don't really have a good time doing it. On the other hand. <laughs> I think more often, relaxed artists make better material and are able to do it more often into a higher consistent quality. So oh, talking about nice. the organization, and organization is, is a backbone of that. You can't, you can't be relaxed and be a mess. See, and you're, you're bringing this up and like, it's like just now hitting home. I've been, I've had some friends I've, I've sung with over the years and I would always get so frustrated with them because we would literally, I would be the one scheduling, hey, we're meeting up 6 p.m. We're going to work on music 6 to 8. We get there, 6 o'clock hits, you know, we're watching SNL skits. We're just kind of just goofing off for about a good hour and a half. And then 30 minutes before we're supposed to be scheduled to done, they're like, okay, let's let's try putting some stuff together. And they'll just come up with like the most craziest harmonies or the vocal lines. And I was just like, how in the world did this even like, how did, how was this even possible? What we did. And so I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of that stressed, I don't know, singer, performer. I don't know what the artist, term yeah. you just used a second ago. Artist, artist. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit more of that stressed artist, but that goes back to, I'm, I'm the person that likes to be over this. I like everything to be structured. I like to know how everything fits in perfectly. So that's just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I think these kind of deep emotional examinations, not only into just like what kind of people we are in our groups, but how we operate in these different spaces and figuring out how that works within the different structures that run groups, like the way that Aaron like runs his life and how he examines that is that has a different resonance and a different importance in a group like Impact than it would in a collegiate group. And like how you're responsible for yourself and how you manage your own skill set and your own traveling, all that stuff. And I think we always talk about making sure like groups are on the same page with each other in terms of what they're working towards. And I think a lot of that requires this kind of internal examination of, okay, well, what kind of person am I? I know for me, like I try to stay pretty in tune with what I want, but I've done so much starting of groups and not as much long time in them that I don't know if I have as much insight into how I operate in acapella groups as much as the two of you have perhaps. And I'd encourage like our listeners to take some time to examine yourself and how you function in these spaces and how that either contributes to tracks or how that affects your involvement and within your acapella group. Because I think that kind of insight is only going to make your goals as a group clearer. And with that, we're going to take a quick break here on Tacapella. We are going to be right back with myself, Brian Alexander, and our guest, Aaron Schumacher, and his girlfriend who brought him a beer. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to acaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And welcome back to Tacapella. Well, all right. 
That was even worse the second time I tried it. Yeah, so everyone, that was our second try doing that because Aaron's audio freaked out on us. But he's trying his sensual voice. And um, yeah, yeah, so that was uh, that. Was that. Th- that was quite the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've got some. Bit. We've got some pretty interesting uh, transitions. Back oh, we've got show, good ones was... for the yeah. Deke episode, episode one hundred. We are, uh, and I've said this a million times, but I am going to be taking at least an hour or two to go back through every episode of Tacapella, all ninety nine, not one hundred. Why? Because I lost an episode. It's the lost episode, episode five. <laughs> I, I totally deleted it on accident. But going back through, taking everybody's, and welcome back to Tacapella, and layering them all. Man. It's going to be I can't wait to hear terrible. that. Terrible. The hellscape. <laughs> it's, it's, no one's going to like it. They're going to be like, oh, John, that was such a funny idea. And then it was we just bad. We might actually lose, bad. lose a few listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just like shorts out everything. I'm I'm nervous, but that's that's going to be next weekend for me. Have you heard the Danny Olefsky's version of fix you no it's an acapella tune i'll have to send you guys a link because it's brilliant but this i think it was danny yeah he had taken every acapella recording he could find of Coldplay's fix you oh my god meaning every time that that had been recorded by an acapella group somewhere in this great roaming united states of america he he took all of those and he stacked them on top of each other and it was like 50 deep and so it starts off kind of intelligible, but of course, like tempos are slightly different. <laughs> what about keys? And then, so it just it just devolves into just this mess of sound, and then slowly, over the course of three minutes, comes back out slowly, like weaning down to just one person going, "Fix you." It's amazing, man. It's one of the best. I'm gonna things ditch I've ever my choir practice tonight and go listen to that instead. That's, that's probably yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Brian, what are we talking about now? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, we've been discussing uh, some really interesting kind of nuanced elements in the first half of the show with Aaron. We were talking a lot about energy and just kind of how everyone gets a feel of, you know, organization within the group, whether you're in the midst of traveling or performing, things like that, some really cool topics. And so now what we want to discuss, Aaron has been doing a lot of work with helping singers to kind of get more engaged and learn more about vocal health and has a really cool product that kind of goes into that, but kind of to lead into all of that, because I know Aaron is a man of science. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about some of the common misconceptions about vocal health? I don't know if singers especially more younger singers more collegiate level singers i think we, we finally start to get an education on vocal health but i don't know if we take it serious enough you know what are some of the misconceptions that are out there about vocal health what's interesting if we're talking about misconceptions about vocal health i think a big part of what we're talking about in addition to that is misconceptions about vocal technique like how people actually approach their singing in that moment kind of lays the bedrock for how their body and how their voices work long term. So those two kind of go hand in hand. We can have the generic vocal health responses, you know, generic but very true of staying hydrated, making sure that you have physical activity that's keeping your body up in general. D- good diet, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that you're not, you know, screaming on top of a voice that's already kind of beat. Like all those things still count, but singers that have really good technique can sing a tremendous amount of time 
and still be vocally healthy. Like I've met people that they sing one way and they sing very well in that way and they're able to do it for hours a day, day after day after day. Mm. So I think what the vocal health and technique thing hinges on is like getting rid of tension in your instrument. And when people are singing in one style or they're trying to do one thing over and over, their body ends up slowly figuring out ways of removing that tension from how they're approaching their instrument. What I see problems in sometimes is people that are trying to switch how they're singing often. Mm. So people that are trying to sing choral music and then switching to singing pop music, people that are trying to sing rock and also sing R&B, when those things change, there are musicians that do multiple styles very, very well, but the timbre of the voice changing is what ends up, I think, ending up in vocal health problems later on. If you keep changing the timbre of your voice working in different styles, that ends up affecting you. And that's something that's affected me in the past as well. So question with that. So you were talking about kind of the style switch and, you know, whether you're going from like choral to rock and things. Are we talking about what is the duration that we're referring to? Are we talking about someone is like doing maybe a 10 song set and, you know, they sing two choral pieces and then switch to two rock and then two R&B? Is it that kind of quick frequency or are we talking about something more sustained? Sure. I, I think I think it's less to do with the amount of time and more to do with the physical familiarity of making sounds in in that way. If you're an amazing choral singer and you've spent hundreds or thousands of hours singing that way, and then you go to try to do a pop gig for one night, all of a sudden you don't know how to make those sounds in a way that feels easy or feels natural. And the same thing happens in reverse. When I'm not a great choral singer, so when I go to sing choral music, it's hard for me to make those sounds in a way that's not forced, mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not trying to over, I'm, I'm not trying to over control what my instrument's doing because I'm trying to approximate a sound that I've not spent the time in fully fleshing out, where I've not spent the time to where this now feels easy because I figured out the tiny little vocal coordination that has to happen to make this sound effortlessly. The same happens with rock singers, you know, like people go to sing rock stuff or belty pop musical leader stuff, and they think they just have to push and push and push to get these sounds. The people that do that well, don't push at all. It's just where the voice sit. If they're going for a timbre, they're not going for a certain amount of effort spent in making the sound. So that's one thing. No matter what you're doing, make sure that you're doing it in a way that it can feel easy and it feels open before it feels tight. It feels free before it feels closed. Those things, if you're a singer that switches styles a bunch, I think is important. I also think there's a big language issue with the way a lot of singing is taught, often from people that haven't found their way into the professional world, where the language is, you know, you should be singing from your diaphragm. You need to support your sound. You need to have focus on your support, focus on resonance, focus on kind of having a big core to your sound. And often what that ends up doing is that ends up getting singers to subconsciously tighten a lot of their body in ways that actually restrict the amount of sound that they're able to produce. Those things end up impacting vocal health because when you are forcing a sound to happen in any way and you're applying undue pressure on that vocal instrument, it reacts just like any part of your body when there's too much pressure, when there's too much effort being put focused on one area. So it swells up and it inflames, and then you have to keep doing it over and over, and eventually it turns into a long-term injury. But it all starts with the amount of pressure and the amount of effort 
you spend in making a sound. Yeah. There's a lot of singers out there that can belt a big line, but if you ask them to just sing a quiet single note and just go, you know, just go and just do a straight sound with nothing extra, no vibrato, no big heavy affliction to it or inflection to it. Just asking singers to sing quietly and simply without a bunch of extra air or extra stuff in the sound. There's not very many people that can do that. And that's one of the best things that you can do to make sure your instrument is working effectively and efficiently. Yeah. And I think with this whole discussion, it's the world of vocal health can be very scary and very daunting in terms of how you navigate it. Because unless you have like some kind of injury or something's happening. You're probably not just going out like saying, oh, I'm going to just like get scoped to see what's going on with my vocal folds. You're not getting like a vocal checkup like every couple of months like someone is for a physical and stuff like that. And I know for myself personally, I've had my ins and outs with vocal health when I was dealing with uh, acid reflux for a long time and we had to diagnose, Mm -hmm. okay, what exactly is this? We had to look into what is my diet? Like how am I, when am I working out? How are all these things affecting and going to all these different doctors and trying to navigate that in a field that I just am kind of stumbling through. And I was lucky that it kind of started happening for me in college. So I had a voice, you know, a very prestigious voice professor tell me, here's where you got to go. Here's the doctor. I'll get you in. You know, here's how this will work with insurance, like all these things. But it's just not something that is, you know, we, we don't talk about vocal health nearly as much as we need to. And like you said, Aaron, like there's a lot of incorrect terminology that's just ingrained into people. One of the things I was talking about to my singers today is that there's not a way to like fix your voice like immediately when it's hurt in terms of like you can't like if you have nodes or something you can't just oh let me put like this special oil or some ointment on it the way you fix it is you just rest and you rehabilitate and you fix whatever caused that but like a lot of people like oh i'll just drink like warm tea and i'm like that'll make you feel better it's not actually going to fix how hard you're slamming your vocal folds together or when you're over adducting or if there are nodes on either side and these are Mm -hmm. things that i definitely worry about in regards to the acapella world when we're going through and navigating this because unlike the choral world or the classical vocal performance world generally we don't have like voice professors walking us through every step of the way to show us the foundations so i mean i i remember my freshman year at University of Puget Sound, I was trying to choose between doing the opera or doing the or doing the acapella group. And I decided to do the opera that year because my teacher was like, hey, you know, you're a young singer. I wasn't having acid reflux issues at the time, but I was worried about overdoing. It. And she's like, you're probably going to be vocally safer if you do the opera where you have someone who is with you making sure like professionally who understands what the inside mm-hmm. of the larynx looks like who can tell you hey you're hurting yourself there whereas with vocal performance or with sorry with the acapella group it's a lot easier for those kind of damaged um, for those damages to take place and that injury to happen and I guess you know there's not much of a like oh this is how you fix this but just increasing awareness of how these things function and making sure you understand vocal pedagogy make you make sure you, you know what an retinoid is and what's adducting versus abducting and stuff like that and what's over singing what's hyper functional what's hypo functional and you know either taking a vocal ped class just to because one it'll help your technique just understanding these basic functions but also making sure just kind of getting you a little bit more in the know on what to look for and what to avoid and how to navigate. I keep saying this over and over, but navigate this space because it is something that a lot of people stumble through and stumble into when all of a sudden they wake up and their voice is hurting and they don't know why. And when you're 
touring in an acapella group or when you're pursuing a vocal performance degree in undergrad, those are things where it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's it's the equivalent of like, I can't take notes anymore in class or I can't participate or I can't do this thing that's bringing me money, you know, that's a, a source of my income because the main thing that it revolves around is now not working at 100%. So as a result, I'm not functioning at 100%. And that's scary for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And one of the big things for me, once I was in Los Angeles and working, I had a similar experience with acid reflux, Mm -hmm. which what it was is I had done like a two week tour where it was probably like 11 or 12 shows in those two weeks. And I came back and I I could just tell that my voice wasn't feeling great. And I got scoped and I had a node pop up, like a small node. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the thing was, is I immediately went on, you know, some steroids, went on vocal rest for 10 days or 10 days, two weeks, something like that. Went back to the doctor, hadn't spoken in two weeks, went back to the doctor, looked at it again. It was still there. Okay, let's do another two weeks. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. So I've gone, you know, a month at this point, not talking. And uh, I ended up getting a second opinion. And when they looked at my throat, they were able to say, oh, the way the lining of your throat looks, there's this effect, there's this cobblestoning effect that happens mainly when people have acid reflux and maybe your node isn't healing because of your acid reflux. Yeah. So what I did, I stopped drinking coffee later in the day. Mm-hmm. I stopped eating less than an hour, two hours before bed. Because sometimes I would like eat a bunch of food and then go to sleep. Like it'd yep. be late at night, eat and go to bed. Me mm-hmm. Stopping doing that and stopping with the coffee helped hugely. Because one of the things, uh, caffeine, though it hypes us up, it actually helps relax some internal muscles. Mm-hmm. Basically, the sphincter at the, yep. at the top of your stomach mm-hmm. that keeps all the hydrochloric acid and wonderful stomach acids and stuff in when caffeine's in your system it's a little bit more relaxed and it's more likely to leak up into your esophagus and up into your throat you're more likely to have acid reflux with caffeine in your system but that tends to not happen so much during the day because we're standing upright so generally things gravity does does the work for us but if you have if you've drinking coffee in the last 12 hours or had caffeine sodas in the last 12 hours and you lay down and go to sleep, like it's, that might very well affect you mm-hmm. in some ways. And one thing that I think is super important about this is uh, with acid reflux, you might not you probably like a lot of people I've had acid reflux where like I can feel like I like heartburn like I can feel like the mm-hmm. acid. A lot of people don't feel it. They say, oh, I don't have acid reflux. I don't feel it. You can still get it even if you don't feel it, I wouldn't feel it. And then I'd wake up with a sore throat. So like, I think a lot of people imagine like, you know, the stomach acid, like burning their voice and that's what's happening. But you might not have that sensation. Everyone's sensitive differently. So if you think, if your voice is hurting and you think, oh no, no, I just don't have that. I've never felt it. You, you still might, you don't, not everyone senses it and feels it mm-hmm. the same way. And, and when it's affecting the voice, vocal folds have several layers to them, right? Mm -hmm. So the core layer of the vocal fold is an actual muscle. And then as you go further outwards, you end up hitting four-ish, depending on who you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up working towards slightly more fluid, slightly more viscous membranes on your way out until you end up at the very outside of the vocal fold, Mm -hmm. like this mucosal layer. It's like this epithelial layer that's very viscous and it's very fluid-like. It's very water-like. There's no blood vessels. There's no extra stuff there. It's there to be a vibrating thing, but it's also very sensitive. Mm -hmm. It's not like skin. It's not going to be resistant and hardened to acid. And in fact, like if if acid reflux starts affecting it, it could very well affect 
the outside of that fold, but the core parts of that fold are still kind of functioning fine. So the parts of the voice that are missing at that point are like the are the more finesse parts. It's mm-hmm. the it's the quieter parts of the voice that are missing. It's the more flexible parts of the voice. It's the ring in the sound when you're making a good sound. And so you end up with people that they think that they just have a huskier voice or I, I'm just a chess voice singer or a husky singer. And really, they, they just don't have the ring to their voice that happens when the outer layer of the fold is doing what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. So guys, I think listeners, uh, I think the point of this kind of anatomy health alert lesson here is to just continually bring this stuff and inject it into the ongoing acapella conversation because I think acapella is a community that can easily ignore this stuff or just not be concerned with it. And especially when all we're doing is vocal stuff, like like that is our whole thing, it can be very easy to not necessarily ignore, but just be uninformed, uninten- you know, be unintentionally uninformed with this stuff and to just openly talk about it, to examine your own voice, to be aware of how delicate it is and making sure you're taking care of it. Those are just things that we can always be reinforcing in the acapella community to make sure that we can keep singing and we can be healthier. There is a great episode, I wanna say it's like in the 30s, uh, where we had one of the singers of Contus on, Paul Schultz, where he talked about how he had, I believe he had a vocal node, vocal nodes as well, where he where he talks about this stuff and how as a high level like singer and one of the best choirs in the world, that was very difficult for him as one of these people who is relying on their voice for their income and just constantly be talking about this, be analyzing this and just checking in with, how you feel because these are things that are frankly just really easy for our community to not think about and just stay involved with it so we're going to take one more quick break and then we are going to be right back here on Tacapella. all around the world there are amazing acapella concerts going on all the time you can't be to all of them but that's what we're here for so catch friday night live every friday at 9 p.m east 6 p.m west where we bring you live concerts from all around the world You can be there in spirit, even if you couldn't make it in person. And you can catch them again on Rebroadcast Sunday at 11.15 a.m. East, 8.15 a.m. West, and 12 hours later, be there. Welcome back, Aka people. Thank you for tuning in to this wonderful episode. What did you just say, sir? (laughs) Where did that come from? I'm making that a thing. This was not approved. (laughs) <laughs> I ran it by the higher ups, so I, they told me. What okay. higher ups? It's you yeah. and me, <laughs> and Amanda. Oh, by, by that I meant I ran it by myself really quickly. <laughs> so what oh, is that? Jeez. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, we've been discussing. I, I kind of like to think of this episode as kind of like the singers health you know we kind of touched on about the emotional the mental side with energy and flow at the beginning and tied in some organizational stuff and then this last segment was really just a lot about you know the anatomy part of singing and vocal health and really the importance of it i think it's it's so easy to overlook the things we do as singers here and as john and aaron were discussing quite a bit it's things that shouldn't be overlooked so um thank you so much to aaron for providing us all this education it's been exciting so with this last segment as per tradition uh, we always ask our guests if you could offer the community uh, a piece of advice to take away from this show or you know something that's been on your mind you know, what would you offer them? So Aaron, we pose that same question to you. Sure. So I would offer to, in your wonderful, expressive, musical singing adventure of a life to carry maybe just a couple things with you, just a couple things with you to to keep on your mind and keep checking in with. And one is 
make sure you're not working too hard. Make sure that, that you're not pushing too hard because you cannot do your best if you are not in a space that feels happy and relaxed and like yourself. And the two things that help that the most, it seems, the two things that help you feel the most comfortable, make all of us feel the most comfortable, are number one, being healthy and having our body and our instrument at the top of our game. And number two, being organized and being professional and knowing that you're in control of all of the details that come with your ambitions. Because as a singer, you're going to want to do lots of different things. You're gonna wanna do projects. You're gonna wanna do collabs. You're gonna wanna make creative choices. And if you can't keep your house in order, that's gonna fall to pieces. And that would be a shame to not get the talented side of your heart and soul out there just because you couldn't keep your Google Calendar straight. So first part of the advice is make sure that you know how to email back in a timely manner. Make sure you know how to keep good notes. Don't trust yourself to remember things. Make sure that you have a system. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. And the second part of the advice is make sure that your body, in addition to your heart and soul, make sure that your body and your voice are healthy and working well for you. That comes with vocal technique. That comes with making sure that you're not pushing, making sure that you're not trying to do things that you don't know how to do with your voice yet. Let yourself play in the sandbox a little bit to make the easiest, fullest sounds that you can. Let those sounds be what they're going to be because they're going to be beautiful. It's about using those sounds in a beautiful way, not forcing yourself to make sounds that don't feel good. When it comes to taking care of your instrument, that just means taking care of your body in general and sometimes intervening in some creative ways. This is the segue into mentioning... The <laughs> when it comes to taking care of your vocal health, one of the ways that you can take care of your vocal health in ways that's better, like scientifically research proven, vastly more effective than drinking teas and doing the throat sprays and, you know, little baloney interjections into trying to make sure that you can sing right. One of the ways that is proven is a system of hydrating your voice using what is referred to as a nebulizer, which is a, it's essentially feels like you're steaming your voice, but instead of having hot steam, instead of being in a hot shower, you're instead using a small device that creates a cool steam that won't inflame your voice and inflame the, uh, the lining of your throat with hot temperatures, which can happen with steam. And so instead you're using a water and salt concentration that matches what your body does naturally so that your voice and your sinuses and your your vocal tract are able to pick up on hydration and vibrate easier with less pressure than you were before. So that's one of the ways that singers nowadays, you know, 21st century baby, are taking care of their instruments, especially as they're jumping from thing to thing, taking care of their instruments and kind of giving some consistency to how their how their voice works in addition to drinking water, in addition to getting good sleep, using a product that's able to bring hydration directly to your sinuses and directly to your voice itself so that you can sing easier. And that's the cue for my company, which is called Vocal Mist. And if you want to check it out, you can feel free to go online at www.myvocalmist.com. And at myvocalmist.com, you'll be able to see all of the open sourced research that the product's based on. And you'll be able to also see reviews from other singers that are really excited about how it has helped them take care of their voices in a busy, changing world. Very cool. Uh, I want one. Wonderfully said. Sweet. 
Aaron, if people want to get a hold of you, man, how could they do that? Sure. So you can find me uh, personally. You can find me on Instagram at Shoe Aaron because my last name is Shoewalker. So that's spelt S C H U. A-A-R-O-N. So you can follow me at Shoe Aaron. And if you want to check out the Vocal Mist stuff, you can check out Instagram at Vocal Mist. Very cool. What about Impact? Impact. You can find on Instagram at M-P-A-C-T Music. So that's Impact Music. And you can also check out our tour schedule at m-pact.com. Or you can listen to our newest album titled Wonderful World, featuring some pop stuff, some jazz stuff, and some beautiful stuff in between. Uh, You can find that on Spotify by looking up m-pact impact. Awesome. Brian, people want to get a hold of you, man. How can they do it? Hey, you can always find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex. I'm kind of going through this kind of sports phase right now. So there's a lot of sports stuff happening on Twitter (laughs) and occasional acapella stuff, of course. Um, And then you can go uh, follow everything I do with college acapella on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. And then everyone, you can find me in the same place at John Lampus on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to follow us on at Tacapella on Twitter and definitely check us out on iTunes. Follow everything we are doing at Acaville Radio. Also, be sure to check out College Aka where Brian does all his cool stuff. Uh, remember, we are barreling towards episode 100, which as we mentioned last week is going to be my last one as we hit the big uh, three digits. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. This is going to be, this is episode 96. We got a a bunch more coming down the pike and thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of Tacapella for everything acapella please stay tuned